Looks like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. On today's show, diving into the wide receiver position. This is part two of the 2022 wide receiver preview. If you missed part one, go check that out on the Warzone feed dropped earlier this week. Of course, I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. On part one of our wide receiver preview, went through my top 60 wide receivers, really ran through the tiers, 10 tiers of wide receivers for me. Highlighted a lot of the top 30, 40 receivers. Gave you some guys to remember there in the later rounds. But on today's show, part two, I'm going to touch on my strategy at the position for this year's redraft leagues. Uh, give you some guys to avoid, guys to target, some mid-round targets, and some late-round targets. Uh, and I'm going to give you my rookie rankings as well, just for redraft for this season. So looking forward to hanging out with you boys here. Of course, the SmackDown is always Fast and Furious. Uh, 20, 30 minute episodes. If you missed any, uh, any of the other positional previews, quarterbacks, two parts of running backs, uh, and you're drafting this weekend, there's still time to go, go check those out, catch up, make sure you're ready to go. It's a big draft weekend this weekend and next. So be sure you're checking out those prior shows. going to touch on tight ends in one episode next week. Uh, and we'll have more content coming at you here before the season starts. So looking forward to those shows as well. So just make sure you're subscribed. And you'll get not only the SmackDown shows, but all the other great content here on the Warzone Network. All right, strategy for the wide receiver position. I referenced this on part one, but if you look at the receiver position this year, in in my opinion, is that uh, when I'm looking at how I break it down compared to other uh, sources and other podcasts or things that I trust, I always try to go through my process first, do my own ranking, see where these guys pan out. And I, and I reference those other materials after the fact just to see, like, am I drastically off here? Is there somewhere I need to go back and look at again? What am I missing? Uh, and this year, there were a lot of names that, that differed. But what I also found is there were a lot of names that differed from one source to the next. A lot of times you have this consensus and these guys are kind of in this range. I felt like this year was a little bit all over the map. Uh, but for me, the one thing that really jumped out is where that cutoff is of those clear wide receiver ones. Usually I'm going 15, 16 deep before I'm really concerned. And I'm like, all these guys are ones, right? This year with all of the movement, of course, with the big names of Deontay Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, those guys going to new places uh, and some of, and, and downgrades in, in most all of those cases, in my opinion, uh, those are three big name wide receivers that would all be blue chips for me, uh, but aren't considered that anymore. They're still, all of them, I believe are in my top 15. Uh, but I'm not treating those as A1 guys, guys that I'm taking in round one over some of the bigger name running backs. I think that this year uh, I'm totally fine taking running back in round one, mainly because, yeah, it's risky, but are we 100% certain that some of these other, you know, what used to be big-time wide receivers can produce that level going forward? So when I'm looking at my receiver position, I really treat this as six blue-chip wide receivers. That's two tiers. And this slightly adjusted from the Tuesday show already just a little bit. The names necessarily didn't, uh, but the tiers did just a little bit. So for me, my tier one of wide receivers is pretty clear cut. And this is pretty consensus across the board is Cup, Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Uh, Cup and Jefferson are ahead of Chase, in my opinion, just based off of uh, a little bit more consistency there. They are the alphas for sure. And 
uh, on their team. They're on teams that are going to throw the ball a ton. Their target share is extremely high. Chase, while not seeing the amount of targets that those other two have, he's the most explosive wide receiver now in the game now that Tyreek Hill is no longer in Kansas City. We've seen extreme boom games from him to go along with his his productive uh, you know, lesser games. I wouldn't call them bust games necessarily. Every receiver has a couple of those, but those three wide receivers are in my tier one. Those are the receivers that I'm taking after my running back top five. So I'll just to reference that again for me, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, CMC, Austin Eckler, and Najee Harris. Those are my top five picks, regardless of, of league type. Uh, you know, they, most of them all catch the ball pretty well uh, outside of Derrick Henry and, but he will probably be right there with Jonathan Taylor, 40 catches. If, if last year continued, he would have been on that pace. So it's those five. Those are my top full overall five. And then these are the, where the receivers come in. I don't have any problem taking one or three, all three of these receivers over whoever your running back six is, which for a lot of people is Dalvin cook. Uh, for me, uh, I think you can look at Alvin Kamara or Joe Mixon in, in that range as well, but it's those five running backs, the three wide receivers, I think are clearly here. And then I do think that when you look at, for me, I mentioned six blue chip wide receivers that extends into my tier two, which is Stefan Diggs, CD lamb and Devonte Adams is still in that list. Devonte being wide receiver one for me over the last couple of years that, that when I say he was, you know, maybe is, has a lesser upside, you know, it still has him as a top six, but again, Diggs, lamb and Adams, you can sprinkle those guys in at the back end of round one, early round two, really you should always be going through your rankings and I do my own rankings. You don't need to go through every position and rank them all the way out. You can, you know, you kind of just lump some guys together and, and make that decision on draft day. But one thing I always recommend to people, uh, whether it be a startup or whether it be a redraft leagues or what have you is you should be at least ranking your top 24 to 36, have an idea of what you're going to do those first three rounds. And the reason that's most important is when you're picking at eight, nine, 10, 11, you know, in the back half there, if you see that, you know, maybe maybe there's more running, maybe Travis Kelsey snuck into there. Maybe, you know, somebody else picked a player above where you were going to go. Maybe there's a running back that you're not believing in. I know Barkley is that guy for me. Like, I have no problem taking him round two. Maybe someone took him ahead of me in round one. If I feel like, all right, you know, I, these running backs are kind of pushing down. And there's some guys I like here. I'm going to go ahead and take Stefan Diggs, even though, it, yeah, it'd be great if he was my round two pick. But I know for sure I'm locking up the receiver I want. I'll still get one of these tiers of running backs in round two, and I'm good to go. Right. So for me, you can sprinkle Diggs, Lamb, or Adams across the back end of round one or early round two. It, it doesn't matter to me. They're pretty even with uh, the running backs of, you know, after, uh, after five. Uh, but again, I'm going to prioritize Cup, Jefferson, Chase. Those are the blue chip guys for me. I mentioned earlier, usually when I look at wide receivers, I'm looking at 15 plus guys that I'm like, hey, I can live with those as my one. Right. For me, that that isn't doesn't extend as far as it used to. Um, there's still some guys I like. Don't get me wrong, but for me, there's a big there's a big tier drop after wide receiver 13. Um, that tier three for me, I won't go through the whole thing, but the back end of that uh, is Tyree Kill. I still like Deontay Johnson quite a bit, and Debo Samuel. After Debo Samuel, the guys that I have ranked next are Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman. I I like. Those guys, Sutton, Pittman, those are guys I'm told I'm really happy if those are my wide receiver twos, but I'm not necessarily throwing up there my wide receiver one when I leave my draft. So my goal is I generally I'm going to try to get one of those top 13 if I can. The other thing that I found just like that T3 
tier one of quote unquote wide receiver ones is not as big as it usually is. I think there's a pretty significant drop off after the top 30, uh, which for me, again, I'll kind of run through that again, similar to how I did with that. The previous tier for me, you know, an Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Amon Ross, St. Brown, those guys are kind of the end of like, Hey, I, I'd like, you know, I definitely don't want to go any further than that. Uh, as far as waiting on a wide receiver two. Ideally, if it's PPR, one of those guys, is my wide receiver three, and I'm feeling really good. But for me, the guys after that, you have Amari Cooper, you have a Drake London, Juju, Elijah Moore. Uh, I don't feel overly confident in, in what I have there and those guys compared to even the tier above. And again, usually that extends much further, it seems. But there's definitely a teardrop. And then you start getting into some of the other players that we'll touch on. But like DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Gallup, like those guys are probably in the top 30 if they're not injured, but they're injured or suspended, right? So what are you doing with those guys, you know? And uh, so just some question marks there. So I think it's going to be an interesting season. I think the wide receiver position is, for me, the one that is has the most question marks just due to all the movement and the lack of depth at the position. I hope that the, the rookie wide receivers really step up here. We saw a lot of first-round talent, but unfortunately, they all went to situations where there's some question marks right? Garrett Wilson, first wide receiver off the board, goes to the Jets. They have Elijah Moore. He has a running mate already, has question marks at the position. Drake London's going to an inept offense. Uh, you know, that again, we didn't see a ton of production out of that passing game at all, but let alone the wide receivers. So, and even some of the guys that you would expect that, okay, hey, maybe they fell into good roles. Traylon Burks, again, low passing offense. He could be the one. You have Christian Watson. Okay. He's paired with Aaron Rodgers, but are they going to trust the rookie wide receiver out of the gate? There and then you know Dotson, same thing. First round wide receiver goes to Washington. It it unfortunately did not fall in a scenario where a lot of these have clear paths for the rookies. But uh, though that's kind of my strategy overall. I'm generally looking to get one of my top thirteen. Kind of roll through that. You know, if I'm sitting there in round one, round two, you know, though, that's where I'm going to take those blue chip guys. Um, and then again, I'm trying to make sure I at least have two of my top thirty, wherever that cutoff is for you. Really look at that. I think there is a significant cutoff. And again, when I'm looking at other sources, there is a lot of inconsistency. So I think this position is going to be an interesting one as we head into 2022. All right. I have four or five players I'm looking to avoid here. Four targets, some mid-late round guys, and we'll and we'll touch real quick on the rookies at the end. Uh, avoids. So these aren't guys that I, at any cost, I would avoid, but players that based off their current value, what I'm seeing in either rankings or ADP, trying to factor in both of those things at the moment as we sit here in in about mid, mid, late August, uh, two guys here that are very similar. They're ranked back to back in, uh, ECR, which is expert consensus ranking over at fantasy pros. Um, they're at a number 11, number 12, and then an ADP, they're actually flipped, but they're still back to back. First is AJ Brown. His ADP is early round three. He's ranked as wide receiver 12 over at fantasy pros ECR. Michael Pittman is just behind him in early to mid round three. He's wide receiver 11 in rankings. I like both these talents, don't get me wrong, but I'll start with A.J. Brown. Clearly a downgrade when you look at the the passes that are going to be going his way. Um, Philly had the fewest amount of pass attempts, and we have seen A.J. Brown do it on low volumes in the past. Um, for reference, Tennessee threw the ball just 40 more times than the Eagles last season. But for me, what is A.J. Brown stepping into? Is he stepping into what Devontae Smith saw last season, which placed him at wide receiver 37 in points per game? Um that's not good enough, right? The volume needs to just be a little bit higher for me to count on the talent of AJ Brown, where he's being ranked. I don't have him drastically below those guys where he's ranked, 
But from a tier perspective, the guy that I have, the guys I have him tiered with are going in round five, around six or later. Uh, so for me, AJ Brown and it is an early round three pick is just not viable for me. I'm going to, I'll pick, I'll take him if he's sitting there in round four. If he's my wide receiver two, I feel okay about that, but he's not a fringe wide receiver one, which is where he's going right now in rankings and in ADP. Michael Pittman, uh, love what we saw out of him last year, over a thousand yards, 80, 88 catches, 129 targets. That's great. But similar to Brown, I, this is a low volume passing offense and the perceived upgrade to Matt Ryan, I'm not sure is a big one. Uh, all the glowing reports and things that that makes sense why Pittman is so propped up, but I'm not taking him ahead of uh, T Higgins or DJ Moore or Deontay Johnson. Um, I'm not even taking him ahead of some of the running backs that are going closely around these two, even, even the risk of a Cam Akers or JK Dobbins, the more upside there with those guys. I can grab wide receivers that are going later. Um, so I have, uh, I have Brown and Pittman in, in my tier four. They're ranked just outside the top 15. I feel comfortable with them as a wide receiver too, but the price tag is just a little bit too high for me on those two guys. The next guy I'm looking to avoid here, again, the price is just too high. I'm not paying the price on DK Metcalf. He's going about a round later than Brown and Michael Pittman. He's going early round four. ECR ranking has him at wide receiver 22, which I think is fine. We've seen the upside from Metcalf, but we've also seen that this is a low volume passing offense, right? And I'm 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 probably going to say low volume passing offense a thousand times in this show, but for me, Medcalf is just one that not only will the volume be low, the quality of those targets will be low. And if he and if he slides much later than wide receiver 22, I think when you look at ADP, I've looked at a few different sources, like he actually ends up a little bit earlier in ADP, probably just because of name recognition, the fact that he's been really good so far in his career. Rankings have him a little bit lower than that. I think that's a little bit more closely to where he where he will go as wide receiver 22. For me, he's wide receiver 27. He's outside of my my tier five. So he's in a tier for me with an Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas. Um, and he's going around plus ahead of those guys. Again, name recognition on draft day. So for me, I'm steering clear of DK Metcalf due to price. Um, he is currently even ranked in ECR. He's ranked ahead of guys like Darnell Mooney, Jerry Judy, Hollywood Brown. And those guys are all a tier ahead of DK Metcalf for me. So I'm looking to avoid DK on draft day. Number three, avoid, I guess, then maybe number four, because I guess I grouped AJ and, and Pittman together. Uh, but another guy I'm looking to avoid is Hunter Renfro. Uh, the ADP is nuts, though. Uh, I looked at a couple sources. He is going, even in PPR, he's going round six, later round six, maybe early round seven. And for me, I just, there's too much. Devontae Adams is too good. He's going to demand too many targets in this offense. Carr had a lot of attempts. Uh, he had sub-25 passing touchdowns with those attempts last season. That's not good enough. Uh, Darren Waller banged up. Uh, and Henry Ruggs dealing with his situation, I think it led to Hunter Renfro's huge end of the season. Uh, he was averaging uh, 12 and a half points per game in seven games with Henry Ruggs. In the last 10 games, he was at 17 points per game. He had seven touchdowns this final seven games. Again, Darren Waller also dealing with injury. So not just the fact that Ruggs is no, was no longer with the team. When you factor in Darren Waller being back, and he is dealing with some injuries right now, so you can factor that in. If you don't believe in Waller, I think you can you can definitely make the argument that Adams can eat. Renfro can can end up where, you know, as a sixth, seventh round value. Uh, but I just don't see enough meat on the bone there in this offense. And I'm not banking on Derek Carr to eclipse 30 touchdowns. So the touchdowns are going to have to be there for Renfro. Um, even in PPR, I, I think round six or seven is too early. His ranking is wide receiver 36, which I think is fine. If he ends up there, that's fine. But again, ADP is going earlier than that. People are going to remember what he did at the end of last season. 
So for me, he's just a tier below that e- that ECR ranking and, and probably a couple tiers below that ADP rank. Uh, another guy here is Gabe Davis. This is a He's living off of that huge playoff game that everyone's going to remember. And in the goldfish society that we're in, bam, Gabe, da- Gabe Davis is automatically a seventh round pick in, in ADP. He's ranked as wide receiver 34, which I don't think is far off. I'm, I'm fine with the ranking. But the ADP, I think even at round seven, maybe a little rich, maybe. But the problem is that in the drafts that I've done so far, round set, he ain't there in round seven. He's coming off the board and around five, round six. And that's just that's just too early. There's too many other good names on the board to take a guy that, while is in a high volume passing offense, is behind a just a target monster in Stefan Diggs. And we've seen the secondary option in that offense generally be the slot receiver. Gabe Davis is not moving into the slot. He's going to be that outside guy. So is he stepping into the Emmanuel Sanders role? It, can he absorb the Emmanuel Sanders uh, targets in addition to what he did last season? Hopefully. Uh, but for me, I just don't think there's enough there. Uh, he had more than 45 yards just twice last season, 63 targets of his own. Um, there, If you look at the Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders targets being left behind, that's 184. That's a lot. But Sanders didn't even have half of those. So I think if you're going to say Gabe Davis is going to get to 120, 125 targets, that he's going to return that seventh round value. But again, I think he's I think he's being taken where he has to meet that expectation just to return the value that you had to spend on draft day to get him. And the last guy I'm just going to mention here as an avoid, um, and this is more of just a philosophy question, I guess, but it's DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, similar to how I mentioned that ranking and ADP seems to be kind of all over the place. And again, even from one source to the next, DeAndre Hopkins is specifically how you want to spend your draft capital. Are you going to spend it on a player that you know for sure is out for just under half of the fantasy regular season, but when he returns, could produce at a top 15 level wide receiver? You know, that's what you have to ask yourself with DeAndre Hopkins. His ADP right now is mid-round five, round even round six, early round six on some sources. His ranking is wide receiver 42, right? It's going to be all over the board. Either you're all in, you can just take the risk of weather the storm, there's no bye weeks until, you know, week five or whatever. So I'm going to have my full complement of secondary options and I'm just going to make it through and know that in the second half, I'm good to go. And maybe that's a good strategy for you because if you're listening to this podcast or you're plugged in, you could probably in, in a lot of your leagues almost guarantee yourself a playoff spot, right? You, you're going to work that wire well enough in a redraft league that you're going to make sure that you're you're contending at least by week seven. You know, you're going to make it you're going to be in a really good position to at least strike to make it into the playoffs. And by adding DeAndre Hopkins, I could see that. But for me, he's just going a little bit too early. Um, even if you knock, let's say we say around eight for DeAndre Hopkins, he would still be going ahead of guys like Elijah Moore, Robert Woods, Alan Lazard, even a guy like Tyler Lockett, when uh, as much as I poo-poo DK Metcalf, like there's still talent there. And when you factor in, you know, the fact that you're literally getting nothing, burning a roster spot on DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks, you know, uh, that, that one's going to be tough. We've also seen the up and downs with Hopkins. And even before the injury, the touchdowns really propped him up. Does that continue? I, and, and maybe I'm just a bigger Hollywood Brown fan, but I, I think Brown is going to play a significant role. He's going to be way more than what Christian Kirk was as far as you know the attention that he's going to demand from defenses and should also demand from Ty- Kyler Murray looking his way. So for me, I'm not drafting John Andre Hopkins any earlier than round eight. If you want to take him after that, I have no problem, you know, because again, you're, you're on top of things, right? If you were a set it and forget it guy, if you're an auto drafter, which you, you're clearly not, cause you're listening to this, then yeah, sure. I mean, I guess like, you know, uh, if you want to waste a pick, but you're not going to do the work it takes 
to overcome that that absence. You guys are plugged in. You'll make it happen. Um, you can plan ahead. Um, but when you do take John Jerry Hopkins, it also limits you to even some of the other later round guys, whether it be like kind of a Jameson Williams or a Michael Gallup or something along those lines where it's like, hey, you know, these guys aren't going to produce right away either. You can't necessarily pair those guys with a DeAndre Hopkins. So I think you got to pick one. All right, looking at some targets here. These are some guys that really stood out to me uh, when you look at ADP or consensus rankings. The top one for me, and it seems like I get them in every mock draft I do. So that means I probably won't get them in any real drafts I do. But it's it's DJ Moore. He's ADP uh, is early round four. ECR is wide receiver 14. And when you look at DJ, and believe me, I'm usually the guy that argues like, you know, I've argued against DJ Moore in the past. I've argued against Keenan Allen in the past because like, where the hell are these touchdowns? Especially DJ Moore, like write it in, touchdowns, four, the end. Like that, it's just sad to see a guy that talented not be able to find the end zone. It's strange. Um, three years in a row, four touchdowns, right? But this guy, he saw 163 targets last season, sixth in the league. He's had between 1,100, 1,200 yards each of the past three seasons. Um, he just needs those touchdowns to come off. His touchdowns were six. He's Keenan Allen, right? But he just hasn't gotten there yet. But I think this is the year with Baker Mayfield. I know it's not a, a huge upgrade, but it is an upgrade to what you look at what he's been dealing with the past few seasons. So I think DJ Moore as wide receiver 14 off the board is a steal in the fourth round. I would take him easily in round three. He's my wide receiver nine. For me, he's like the he's he's one of the first guys behind that blue chip group. Um, you know, he if he's my wide receiver one, I'm I'm fine with it. I can live with that. It's not a problem. Uh, I think that even if the targets come down just a bit um, there, he's still going to be 140 in the bank. And that should produce, you know, 11, 1200 yards. And, and hopefully that touchdowns will come up um, just, just a couple more. That's all we need to return what you can get him on draft day. But round four is a steal. My second target, uh, I mentioned these guys on the Tuesday show. I have them ranked about a, a handful of spots apart. Um, they are in the same tier for me. But the hype train for Cortland Sutton, man, it, it's getting rich. It's getting rich. You're going to have to pay up for, for Sutton on draft day. And for me, I don't know that they're that far apart that I wouldn't just target Jerry Judy. And a lot of times you can see this like, well, why would you want this guy when you can have a similar guy for 10-round discount? Like, Because the guy that you're drafting earlier is definitely going to be better. Like, Get the hell out of here. But while I do think Sutton's going to be better than Judy, I do think they should be close. They're both obviously paired with new quarterback Russell Wilson. And they're in an offense now without Tim Patrick that I do think they should, those targets should be funneled to these two wide receivers. So Jerry Judy sitting there in ADP in early round six, wide receiver 28 off the board, I think is an absolute steal. I have Judy in my tier four wide receiver 20 off the board. For reference, he is at the back end of this tier, but he is in the same tier of a of AJ Brown, of Michael with Michael Pittman. And he's ranked significantly lower. So you're talking about a three-round discount compared to those two guys, maybe even a round, round-and-a-half discount compared to Cortland Sutton, and it gets me a piece of that Russell Wilson offense. I love Jerry Judy this year. Number three target for me at the wide receiver position, this is, again, what are you comfortable with? But unlike DeAndre Hopkins, where you know you're without him for six weeks, I love adding Chris Godwin. Uh, his ADP right now is round five. ECR is wide receiver 30 which I do think there's going to be some drastic takes on this guy. I think there's got all it takes is one or two guys in your league, right. To be as high as I am on him and poof, he's, he's no, nowhere near wide receiver 30. Um, but I think round four, round five for Chris Godwin is great value. I have him ranked in my tier three as my wide receiver 14. He actually kicks off the tier right behind that. Hey, I, I want, you know, this is where the wide receiver one cutoff is for me. I mentioned it earlier, Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, Debo tier three, that, that ends it. And then to kick it off, Chris Godwin, wide receiver 14. 
Uh, I know he's dealing with the injury. He's got to battle back from it, but he's on the field. And assuming Tom Brady just doesn't ever, like if, as long as he returns, then what we saw from Chris Godwin was wide receiver seven in points per game, won just 130 targets, um, but over 1,100 yards, had the five touchdowns, 98 receptions. He should continue to be that high-volume guy. And, you know, the touchdowns aren't overly impressive, but in points per game, this guy was an absolute monster. And I think that he can be that again this season, even come back from the injury. Might be a little bit slow to start, but you're not worried about what week one and week two, you know, like you can, you can make that work, right? If he's on the field and he's producing at a low end two level, if you get him in round five, that's what you paid for him. Right. And it'll be fine. If he never gets any better than that, if it's too crowded there, which I don't believe then, okay. You know, you, you got what you paid, but I think that at, at sitting there around five, wide receiver 30 in your ranking, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. That's just, that just screams value. And I think once, if you look at where he's going to end up weeks, four to the end of the season or whatever, I, I think he's going to be a top 12 guy. So that's why I have him ranked so high and I'll draft him with that upside in mind. Last guy I'm looking to target here. Uh, this It bleeds in a little bit into my next category of favorite mid-round picks, but I don't really think he is going to be a mid-round pick. I define mid-round as eight rounds eight to 11 um, in kind of your standard one QB, 12 team league redrafts what we're talking here today. Um, so his ADP is in round eight. Uh, his ranking though is uh, is higher. His, his wide receiver 28. So I'm going to, I was focusing on this from the ranking perspective. He's if, if Rashad Bateman is in your league in round eight, that's insanity. Um, but if he is more similar to where Chris Godwin's going round seven round or sorry, round five, round six, I'm good with that. And I'm looking to target him there. I have Bateman ranked as my wide receiver 22. So a little bit ahead of ECR he's in my tier five. So he is, uh, he is in that tier, uh, just below like where Jerry Judy's at. Uh, but I think Bateman, you know, he had 67 targets after a late start. Uh, last season in his rookie campaign, as much as we all propped up Hollywood Brown, like, okay, now he's going to a passing offense. Hollywood Brown had 145 targets last season. That was right around top 12 in the league. Is Bateman going to get all of those plus the 670 head? No, but it really is Bateman and Mark Andrews. And whatever you think about Lamar throwing the ball there, just when you have only two options, I think Bateman is going to be walking into 120 targets and to get him there, at let's say it's let's say two rounds earlier in ADP. Let's say round six. I, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but I have him ranked about a little more than a handful of spots above ECR. And Bateman's a guy that I think has that upside too, because we don't really know yet what this kid can do. But I like what we saw in his rookie season. All right, that leads us right into our favorite mid round guys. Just gonna rifle through these. I'm gonna I have guys for my favorite guy that currently has ADP round eight, nine, ten, and eleven. So I did all four. Here's four guys for you. Bateman is my round eight guy. I just talked about him. Uh, if he is there in round eight, that's insanity. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if he's sitting there, you got to you got to take him. But um, moving on to the other three that I haven't talked about already, Alan Lazard, round nine ADP right now. Again, I think he'll go a little bit earlier, but I did I did check a couple sources. He's going round eight, round nine, so he fits this category for me. Um, you know, they have added with little success uh, options in Green Bay, but Lazard is the guy that's there. He's the guy that Rodgers knows, and I think he's the guy that he could turn to. Um, as his primary receiving option in this offense. Uh, the running backs will get their targets. That's the only real two players that I feel extremely confident about getting looks. Uh, so for me, Alan Lazard is the wide receiver to own. Uh, I like Christian Watson. If you're looking like super late or like a keeper league or something like that, that's fine. But I just don't see much else in this offense that's going to be as consistent as what Alan Lazard should be for the Green Bay Packers. This guy is a. I end up with him in every similar to like with DJ Moore. I end up with this guy in every single draft I've done 
so far, whether it be, uh, you know, real draft or mock draft, what have you. Chase Claypool, ADP round 10. I know that Ben Rosberg isn't there anymore. And there's question marks, whether it be Trubisky or Pickett or whatever, but this team threw the ball a ton last year. So if they turn down quite a bit, they're still going to be league average and pass attempts. And as much as George Pickens is getting the hype and will probably be drafted above Claypool, even in redraft leagues, I still think Claypool's the guy. I think we've seen it from him. He's produced at a high level so far over the course of his career. He didn't, and he was a little bit banged up, but he's back on the practice field, which he's ahead of Deontay Johnson from that aspect, right? Both those guys were a little bit banged up. And I think that he'll be the number two option there in Pittsburgh and he'll, he'll get enough looks that he will be a fine value pick in the double digit rounds. And the last guy in round 11, uh, again, usually I try not to choose guys that we already know are dealing with injuries or kind of just kind of just because people are trying to avoid that type of player. But for me, Michael Gallup, hopefully you'll know by draft day a little bit more clarity, but he's running routes now. We'll see. I don't expect him to play the first, you know, game, you know, one, two, three, three games. He might sit out. That's fine. As long as he doesn't start on the pup list, then Michael Gallup's a fine target for me in round 11. Again, bye weeks aren't going to be starting. You shouldn't have to tap into that depth um, too much. So I'm totally... I'm totally on board with the value of Michael Gallup in the double-digit rounds. He will be the number two option there. It's clear-cut. They No one has stepped up. Jalen Tolbert's a great story, and I'm fine taking a late-round flyer in some deeper leagues, and even for redraft. I'm good with that. Um, but, I mean, it's Lamb, it's Schultz, it's the running backs, and there's plenty more to go around. Gallup should get his looks there. So round 11, even with the injury, is is great. That's That's what you should be looking for. Late round guys, these guys are borderline undrafted in a lot of spots or round 12 or later. That's usually my cutoff top of the list. I, I guess I should be buying in the Baker Mayfield because I'm buying into his targets. I'm going with Robbie Anderson. Disappointing season last year. I get it. Still had 110 targets. Really nice. Somebody that you can get in round 12 or later is solid. Um, the, the guy had a 95 reception season the year before that. I still think he's he's a good player. He does things different that, than DJ Moore. They can use him in that way. He'll be involved in this offense. It's an offense that you know should be uh, putting up usable numbers as far as usable by means. Sorry, the two wide receivers should be usable for fantasy. There should be enough to go around on this team. And Robbie Anderson is kind of the forgotten guy right now. He's going so super late. I'll take a shot on him. Second guy going even later than that in most spots, but not too distant. It's Nico Collins, uh, the second year wide receiver for the Houston Texans. I think he'll be the clear cut number two guy there in targets. They really spread the ball around quite a bit there last season. Brandon Cooks will still be the alpha, but I think second year Davis Mills should be given a little bit more opportunity to chuck it down there through the air. And this is a team that's going to be throwing game script will favor Nico Collins every single week. So I like him as a super late round guy. And the last guy I put on here, he may, he may need injury, but I'm not hundred percent convinced that he needs it uh, is KJ Osborne. We saw seven touchdowns from him last season, five in the last six games. Those were with Adam Thielen out or, greatly limited um I, I believe Thielen only had four targets in the two games he played in that last month and a half so Osborne really stepped up this is an offense that uh had a lot of uh passes funneled to Adam Thielen Jeff and Je- Justin Jefferson the first two weeks um and if Thielen is out misses any time which he has missed a game here and there for sure even before last season where he missed about like I said about a month and a half Osborne is a, is a great option and you can get him for free absolutely free KJ Osborne's a great ad there Last thing, I uh, just want to roll through to highlight the rookies um, on my top three guys from this rookie class for redraft. Uh, for me, Drake London is far and away the wide receiver one from this rookie class when you're looking at this year. I don't love the offense clearly, but I do love the fact that there is not much competition. Uh, they added pretty much nothing. Um, 
the bears are over there, you know, licking their lips like, man, look how, look how little they did. But that first round draft cap on receiver, you can't have that. Uh, London is wide receiver 33 for me. Uh, he is ahead of, you know, notable names like Gabe Davis, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Smith, Brandon Ayuk, even Alan Lazard. Uh, I, I like um, London in a tier above those guys. And I think he's he's looking at at least 100 targets as a floor there in his rookie year. Uh, the number two option for me, uh, as far as rookies, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks. I know he hasn't had as many as much as the hype of some of these other guys. And he's missed a little bit of practice time. And, it, and it's been a it's been hot and cold this this uh, this season so far for the rookie wide receivers for the Titans. But I think that uh, Burks by the end of the season will work his way into being the number two rookie wide receiver uh, in 2022. And then for me, uh, number three, I, I think it's going to be Jihad Dotson. Uh, I don't, I do think there is a pretty big tier gap between those guys. I originally had Garrett Wilson a little bit higher. I would knock Wilson down just a bit because mainly because I don't think that him and Elijah Moore can have great seasons. So I do think that it's a pretty big tier gap for me behind Burks and the rest of these guys, Olave, Dotson, and Wilson. But I think Dotson, again, I, when you look at how crowded some of these other spots are, I think he has the most direct time to playing time. I know Pickens is a guy that one's going to be shouting and screaming about. But for me, that's the route I'm going to go. So those are my rookie receiver rankings for redraft. Um, but one thing I did find myself doing, just to kind of put a bow on this discussion, one thing I did find myself doing in a lot of mock drafts right now is – it gets to that point. I mentioned it. Wide receiver at 30, huge teardrop. There is some guys in there. You can probably get maybe another 10 to 12 guys that you kind of like. But once you start staring down the Devontae Parkers and Paris Campbells and DJ Charks and Jarvis Landry's, like at that point, I'm just taking my stabs at these rookie wide receivers because I think there's way more upside with them versus you know what you're going to get out of most of these other guys. Um, take what take the devil you don't know. And, and hope that works out. So there you go. Wide receiver preview in the books. Again, if you missed the whole tier breakdown on t- part one, go check that out. Be back next week covering the tight ends. Follow me on Twitter at Kyle Month 8. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you got some drafts lined up. And until next time, catch you later.